All right, welcome to the Roots Disc Golf Podcast. Uh, my name is Mark, and I'm joined here today with John Baker. Uh, John is a uh, runs college disc golf, and he's a pretty interesting dude. Uh, just found out he uh, also works for Innova, and he's he's a really cool dude. I've known him for years. Uh, we actually played college disc golf together. You want to introduce yourself any there? Yeah, thanks for that introduction, Mark. I mean, you you covered a lot of it there. But my name is John Baker. I'm the current co-director of College Disc Golf. Um, I also work for Innova Disc Golf as well, specifically DGU there, Disc Golf United. Um, and that's really about it. I just want to say thank you for having me on. I, I appreciate the opportunity to talk about college disc golf. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate you. Uh, as you know that I played college disc golf for ETSU, um, and you played for Augusta, I believe, correct? Yep. We uh, changed names a total of three times while I was there, so I got to play under a bunch of different names. But, yeah, I was definitely Augusta University, Georgia Regents University, and Augusta State University. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. That's, uh, <laughs> that's, that's some crazy name changes there. Yeah, yeah, I see. So I played for ETSU, and we've been ETSU uh, ever since we changed from a teacher's college. So I uh, originally started out as like uh, Eastern Tennessee's teacher college or something like that. And then it became East Tennessee State University. So, oh wow, I had I had no idea about that. Yeah, That's yeah, it was cool. actually it was actually invented to become the um, a school to get uh, teachers in Southern Appalachia because we didn't have a lot of schools in the area, and uh, yeah. So, uh, but anyway, sadly, mm-hmm. uh, my school does not um, deem disc golf as important as other schools in the area. So. You know, it it is what it is. Uh, but anyway, uh, so college disc golf, kind of explain what college disc golf is. I mean, the college kind of gives it away. It's for collegiate people, but uh, collegiate students and that kind of thing. But like it's the events are a little different than everything else that you will play in. You mind to explain a little bit of that? Yeah, I'd love to. Um, so for our events, college disc golf events, they are specific to college student athletes only. So you have to be at least half time enrolled to participate. Um, other than that, you can play in, uh, you can create a club at your team, at your school is what, what most players do. So they'll start a student organization, get access to school funding, stuff like that. Then they'll field their best players out of that club to form their team. And that team will go and compete at qualifier events and the ultimate goal for teams competing there is to earn their invite or earn their bid to the college disc golf national championship. And um, that's a PDGA major. And we um, have usually a field of 36 teams in our D1, our championship division. And um, for this year, or for 2022, we're going to have 36 teams as well in our D2 and 18 teams in our D3 and 18 teams in our women's division. So we offer a women's division as well um to get a little bit more into the format the teams consist of four players for the men and two players for the women and they play what's called a best shot alternating team doubles format for most of the rounds and then there will be some singles rounds mixed into yeah wow uh that's really grown Uh, really really grown you've got three divisions now that's crazy Yeah. Yeah, it is pretty crazy. We're we're really fortunate. I mean, there the the world has gone through a lot of difficult, you know, challenges and things like that and we can, you know, we definitely respect all of that that a lot of people went through their families and stuff like that. Um but when you speak about disc golf and what's gone on during the pandemic, it's been an explosion. I mean, we're seeing exponential growth. I I cannot keep up with the emails in my inbox right now about players wanting to start teams, which is an incredible thing for us to experience and yeah, we're we're just really grateful to be where we are right now. Yeah, well, um, if like I said uh, before this uh, podcast, if you need any help with that, I don't care to run tournaments and stuff like that. I know ETSU is trying to get their team back together, and I'll tell you right now, they have some studs at ETSU right now. <laughs> uh, so uh, I'm I'm telling you, we've got uh, one thousand rated, two nine nineties rated, and a nine eighty rated right now. Um, and the one, the one needs to stop playing pro, or he's going to take too much cash. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. A lot of these players don't re- really realize that you know, once you get to the higher level to maintain your collegiate eligibility, you can't be a premiering tour or, or excuse me, a touring professional or premier pro um, for some different PDGA terms. I know they changed it up lately. I'm not sure what they're calling it now, but yeah, if you take a certain amount of cash and you're over a certain rating, then that's the only way you're ineligible for college disc golf. 
So yeah, you better start turning it down or you play worse or something. I'm not saying bag it, but you got you have to be careful. Yeah, yeah. I remember when the one of the nationals I played in, Mississippi State had like two studs, and you just look and like their last three tournaments or whatever, they went out there and threw like eight hundred rated rounds and were like, Wait a second, this is fishy. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. La la la, la I didn't hear that. <laughs> you know, but you know, they're like thousand plus rated players two of them were um they're good guys I, like nobody cared i mean they're just out there playing anyway like whatever it happens um and and like it wasn't like they weren't co- college people anyway you know like college kids like as far as we were concerned they belong there you know what i'm saying like i don't know it'd be different if it was just like paul Macbeth showed up and was like yo i'm playing for liberty today you know like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's a def, that's a definite difference there between the Paul and the collegiate players. But yeah, you're absolutely right. They they are college players and they deserve to be there. And when we're talking about this, it really makes me think about James Proctor um, from Nevada Reno, who's um, he's not. I don't know if he's uh, what I would consider very active on tour, but he's definitely a high level pro. Ten twenty was ten twenty rated. I'm not sure what he's at now, but James um, told me personally that he turned down cash early in the year, not realizing how much he was going to win before collegiate. So he got it committed already to turning down cash so he could ma- maintain his eligibility. And next thing he knew, he started dominating. He said, and he was already committed at that point. And, and in case you don't know, he did come and uh, I was competing with them on that lead final card. And he put the whoop, whooping on everybody though. He definitely yeah. showed that 10, 20 rating and, He's a machine. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's a great player. Yeah, dude. Uh, I could just imagine, like, you're just sitting there and you're like, man, I could have had, like, five grand in my pocket, but no, <laughs> but I gave it all up for the play, the play a major that gives me no dollars, you know, like, so. But it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Um, so do you know how long it's been going on, like, college disc golf? Uh, I never had an idea on how long that was going on. Yeah, 2007 was our first year. Um that was started by the legendary Pete May. Mm-hmm. Um, the first year they had, I want to say that eight to 10 teams, something like that. I don't want to, I'm throwing out some inaccurate numbers. So I apologize for anybody who's out there can correct me, but uh, yeah, Pete May started it. And really there was, so, I mean, if you want the long story, we can go into the long story. That's fine. I don't care. However long you want to spend. Okay, cool. So 2006 worlds was in Augusta, Georgia. Uh, the owner of a large corporation there who Pete worked under, his name was Mr. Morris and Billy Morris. And he told Pete, he said, I want that tournament here every year. And Pete said, no, well, the world's gets bids and travels and stuff. So that's just not a possibility, but let me get with some uh, people in my circle and let's think about uh, what disc golf is missing and what we can create. And from that conversation, college disc golf started the Hippodrome was a temporary course that they installed for the event only. Um, that course eventually evolved into two courses that were known as Old Glory and Hogback. And those courses became permanent at the Hippodrome. We ran the collegiate championships there for 11, 10 or 11 years. And we ended up growing to six courses at the facility with the full pro shop um, and everything like that. And it was an incredible disc golf heaven. And we're so grateful for all the memories that we had there. But um, unfortunately, we had to leave that location, um, and and uh, yeah, it's been. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure where I was going with that story when I finished, but yeah, that's really the the story about college disc golf and where we started, and yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. So actually, in my notes here, I have Rip Hippodrome. I don't know if you if you've pulled up the notes that I sent you, but uh, there was a hole called Kuhar or Ku. It was Kuhar, right? The the downhill yep. with all the with all the th- uh, all the logs at Old Glory. So Pat was like leading the whole tournament in singles, and then ended up taking like a twelve or a thirteen on Kuhar. <laughs> oh my gosh, Kuhar is a beast. That was a, such a challenging hole. It was a it had a few different you know additions in its long history, um, but the way that it finished out is you were shooting out of a gap, out of a wooded gap, probably about a twelve foot gap to a slightly elevated green or excuse me to like a plateau and on the grass plateau was the ob line on the left side and 20 feet away from the ob was a basket that was mounted on this hill probably about 15 feet in the air to the cage 
And so if you missed any type of putt, you had a bad layup, you were rolling and you potentially were going OB or having a super long comebacker. Yeah. I personally witnessed 12, a 12 on that hole during the collegiate tournament. So it's, it definitely has a lot of teeth. Yeah. Yeah. We used to, we used to always joke around and it would make him livid. We'd be like, Oh, Kuhar killed Pat over there. And he'd be like, shut up guys. <laughs> and you know, he's angry. So he's like, it's a dumb hole. You know? <laughs> you know, <laughs> he's like, who puts oh, yeah. out of we, bounds we... right there? You know, and like all this other stuff. Yeah. Cause what it was is he like putted the first time, hit the basket. It kicked down and rolled out of bounds. Mm. He's like, oh, okay. And then he goes and putts again. And apparently he airballs it to the right or left or something. He just airballs the putt. And he's like, okay, oh. I'll get the comebacker. And so he goes for the comebacker and it like spits through the chains and kicks out and rolls again because he's angry putting at that point. And it goes back out of bounds. He ends up taking like an 11 or something. And yeah, and that, like, that just destroys your round, you know, like, like oh, yeah. <laughs> so not only round destroyer, tournament destroyer yeah, for sure. He was so mad. But um, yeah, I think, uh, I think. My junior year, or my junior year, was the last year at the Hippodrome. We played hogback, and then we played over in the woods, and we played like Dunapest Dunes, and what's the what's the woods course called that that was back? Hedrick Hills was the oh Moody Woods. Moody Woods is what we played. Yeah, yeah Moody Woods, and it had that little like tight little uh, like two hundred foot shot, but it was just like only like five foot wide fairway. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, with. It wasn't a triple mando or anything, but it did have like uh, logs across the trees horizontally. And yeah, yeah. yeah, it was a tight, tight window. Yeah, yeah, it was really tight. And then also I remember the the big long par five back in the back of the woods. And there was just a huge backup right there. And uh, we eagled that. I was pumped. That hole was so that, That's awesome. That hole, that hole was so hard. But I just remember me and Jordan Gray, which Jordan Gray was a lifesaver to me. So the, this guy... Jordan Gray is like 990 rated, but he can only throw 300 foot max distance, max distance, 300 foot. But the dude is a monster and he can putt from like 120 feet and just hit it, just can it every time. So that's awesome. Yeah. So it was really demoralizing because, you know, here goes Jordan just throwing like 300 foot and then he's like hitting like a hundred some foot putt, you know, to like birdie and everybody's like, people are like parked and they're like, oh, we got a stroke on him. And then he's just like, nope. (laughs) <laughs> you know, he's just crazy. He play he uh, putts with these like it's like quad flex wizards that have this Jordan jump stamp on it, which has to be a copyright infringement. I don't know how how that was made, but but I yeah. think your gut's right on that one. There might have been a little questionable that's going on there. Yeah, yeah, I have no idea. But oh man, uh, I I really enjoyed those courses. Sadly for me, that junior year was the first time I ever was able to go to the Hippodrome. And um, the, like the pro shop was closed at that point. And, uh, but the produce strand across the street was still open. And I went there and I ate too many strawberries. I remember that vividly. And I puked at Dunapest Dunes. Oh my God. Oh my gosh. That's typically not the reason we hear about puking mid disc golf round during the collegiate championships. You know, I'm not saying anything specific there, but it's usually not food related. Yeah. Um, also, I remember that the Clemson guys was burning firestorms as a ritual of some kind to uh, play better the next day. I remember that too because you all gave us like proto firestorms, and they were just oh my god, them just like sacrificing them to the disc golf gods. I think. Yeah, I was about to say. I don't know. I'm going to go out on a limb and say the disc golf gods were not too happy. <laughs> yeah, I, I, have no, I have no idea, but they were they were chucking them in there, and it was quite funny. Um, <laughs> but uh, so nationals memories, you know, um, it was good times. Uh, I really, I really miss those times. I wish we could have played the Hippodrome a few more times. Really, like that was a fun course. Like all those courses over there were just fun. So. Ah, man. So. Yeah, I understand that. And um, currently my partner lives here in Augusta, so I travel there pretty often. And whenever I do, I, of course, my route brings me right by the Hippodrome. And it's kind of painful. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, like, yeah. Do they still have so, the world's tallest disc golf basket up or has that been taken down? 
Yep, they still have that up. It does not look as good as it looked back in the day, I have to say. And uh, I don't know if you knew, but those are plastic chains on there. And let's just say plastic chains do not hold up too well to time. No, so No, no, I would say not. I would say not. So um, anyway, there's some other cool tournaments, though, just besides nationals and the Hippodrome and all that other stuff. Um, so there's also Seco, uh, which is one of my favorite tournaments. Uh, that is the the... I I don't want to say that we just went for fun on that tournament, but basically we're like, if we do good here, whatever, if we don't, whatever, we're just here to have fun. Cause it's at the IGGC, which has amazing courses and uh, it's just a lot of fun. You want to talk a little bit about Seco? Yeah, I'd love to talk about that. Um, historically, the event was started by Alan Kane. Um, I, I don't know if it was his first year, but one of its first years, it was a flyboy or first two years. It was a flyboy. Um, which is a pretty awesome thing for them. Uh, then it moved to the International Disc Golf Center. We've had camping on site there. We used to rent out a, an entire camp, like ground area, an entire area for the uh, players to play. And honestly, Mark, I'm really glad to hear you say that you participated in that tournament for, for, for fun because that's the most important thing for me, I think, is fun and gaining like the experience and having the interactions and stuff like that because – Looking at looking inside, you know, to myself and the experiences that I had, I'd be nowhere near where I am without collegiate disc golf, without college disc golf. So for me to provide that fun and that same experience to other players is like everything I'd ever want for that event to be. You know, I mean, it's it's to hear you say that really makes my heart, you know, that makes me feel good because that's my goal is to I mean, com- competition is fun. And that's important, but having fun and going home with a smile at the end of the day is way more important. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, you have a lot of fun things to do because everybody's literally camping on the property, you know, so we're all together, we're all intermingling, um, you know, and then you have the glow rounds and, you know, the cookouts and all that stuff just going on. And it's just, it's a lot of fun. It's like the most collegiate feeling collegiate tournament that we have. I feel like uh, at least that I've been to, and I've been to about 20, you know, that was the most collegiate feeling tournament that we've, that I've been to. Uh, and I just like, we would purposely just build more and more teams. Like I think one year we took four teams cause we just came up with, you know, more people were like, Hey, we were walking around ETSU. Hey, you play a little bit casually over here at ETSU's course. <laughs> yeah. Come on down. You know, like just load up in the van. We're going, you know, so we'll fundraise for you. We'll get you a spot. Yeah. Well, the, the, thing, is, awesome. the thing is, is, you know, we're like, Hey, you want to play some really fun courses and one really, really hard course, you know, and they would, you know, take like thirties on holes, but whatever. I mean, it was just fun, you know? <laughs> So, uh, man, that was the Seacos were so much fun, especially like the little cookouts. And then, you know, they they leave the IDGC building or they leave the uh, PDGA building open and we can kind of just watch football and stuff. And everybody's talking crap about their football teams, except for ETSU, because we're Division two, you know, and we're just like, "Mm, our team's not that good. You know, uh, I understand. We didn't even have a team, so I feel it. But like the Clemson and South Carolina NC State guys, they are going at it in that building. <laughs> yes, there have been, you know, there have been some heated, you know, conversations going on in there. Um, yeah, the PDGA, man, they they do a lot to host us there, and they do a lot for college disc golf, and we're just incredibly grateful to work with them as closely as we do. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't want to speak too much on the future of the Seco, but we might. Uh, we're looking into a few things with it, so that's well, all I can say about that. Really. Well, if you need me to take a few days off and go down there and help you, I can do it. I mean, you know, I'm an adult now. You know, I'm got a thanks to college. You know, I have a big boy job that I can take a few days off and help you. So, <laughs> so. well, there you go. I, I appreciate that, and any type of help would be awesome, and especially you know your help where you have a lot of experience dealing with collegiate events and stuff like that that's pretty crucial yeah yeah yeah. i appreciate that offer yeah anytime anytime i mean even if you just need me to just go put glow sticks on baskets for glow rounds and whatever it all works so well we'll do that and we'll make you do all the water jugs too uh no the the water jugs the water jugs you can do that's fine uh you can do the water jugs i'll sit there and i'll guard the grill okay i'll make sure nobody runs off with the grill i'll test the food make sure it's not poisoned (laughs) Um, you know, just make sure everything's kosher, you know? 
we'll see how we do now is we use these rec tech grills the pellet smokers so oh, we yeah, just hit the button tech. dude we don't have to babysit anything so. oh man oh well, you know you know i'll make sure the power doesn't cut off to them <laughs> <laughs> i'll be i'll sit there and i'll be like hey this thing's still got power guys i've been here eight hours it's good <laughs> it's still smoking yeah. so but uh yeah and then you know it's got jackson uh dude jackson is such a tough course down there especially especially when i played it my senior year that's when they the the, the fire came through and then y'all redesigned it and uh man that that course was crazy like after the redesign like you added so long of bomber holes out there and then there's that crazy like turnover like 450 foot turnover shot that i parked that was like the craziest shot of my life. I was so proud of myself. I was like, I just parked this thing. I threw a captain on this like sky Annie turnover. It was, it was amazing. That sounds amazing. That Yeah. Uh, Zach Schaefer and Tom worked really hard on transforming that course. I know that there were uh, like Turkey Gulch as it used to be called. Um, there were like three tight par threes. Um, they were changed and they added that par four that you were talking about and a few other holes. And I think personally, I have to think that it plays better. You know, I'm a little biased too, um, <laughs> cause of Zach, but at the same time, like, yeah, I think they did a great job out there with the redesign and that course is a challenge, but really when we think about the top level players and a good doubles course for them, it's, it's hard not to think about that course, you know? Um, Yeah. Oh, you have to play that course just as a separator. I mean, you can play, uh, you know, Ed. Uh, is it Steady Ed? Is that what that one's called? Yep. Uh, I, I believe so, yep. The, and then there's John yeah, the Warner. Course, yep. right? Warner, yep. And then and then Jackson. Yeah. Yep, so Ed's like the shorter, friendlier one, That's but it's all along the lake, though. So, yeah. it, you know, if you have a bad drive, you're, you might lose your disc. But uh, Warner is incredibly challenging up and down hills, you know, some nice rolling elevation that you're consistently playing up and down, which is a bit of a challenge. Yeah, there's that one that the uh, that's uh, runs along the road at Warner. That's like the dog left uh, the dog, uh, the dog leg to the right uh, that has that tee pad in the weird spot. And that's such a hard hole because that shot is so challenging to get something to flex out and then turn, uh, you know, turn around that corner. It's it's. There's a lot of good courses down there. If you, if whoever's listening, if you haven't played at IDGC, I recommend taking a trip down there and uh, playing it one time for sure. So yeah, the IDGC is a great facility. Augusta, we're actually incredibly lucky here. We have a couple courses from the 2006 Worlds that are still, you know, alive and doing well. Lake Olmstead, um, for example, but there's also Langley Pond and Boyd Pond, which are probably about 30 minutes away from augusta like the city of augusta so probably about 45 minutes away from the idc and those are some of the highest level or excuse me langley is an incredibly high level challenging course um it's it's awesome and it's gotten beaten in now and then boyd pond is a great compliment it's a super like a uh, beginner friendly nice easier course one of the better courses I've, I've played i'd say but those were the reason i mentioned those two is those were designed by designed by alan kane who, as you know, was the former TD of College Disc Golf, or the, I guess, general manager, director of College Disc Golf, and the TD of the College Disc Golf Championships. Wow. Uh, I, I think I've actually played Boyd Pond or Boyd Lake or whatever it is down there, but I haven't played the other one. The Did you say it was Langley? Yeah, Langley Pond. It's a disc golf park, and um, I don't want to speak too much about, you know, I don't want to tell anything wrong, but I do remember – that Michael Downs of the PDGA took Ricky out there and he commented this the other day on social media that Ricky said that it was instantly in his top 10 and he shot five down out there. So for the, to, for Rick to only shoot five, you know, it has to be, has to have some teeth and the water has been, has came up since then too. So the course has actually completely changed. Definitely worth a visit if you're in the Augusta area. Yeah, uh, uh, actually, Sam Henley that I played for at ETSU. This is another thing about college disc golf. All the friends you make. I think it was um, the guy from NC State uh, that made a post on Facebook earlier today about you know not only just playing disc golf but the hundreds of friends that he's made while playing college disc golf. You know, and uh, it was an NC State guy. And I'm trying to think. I'm just gonna go out on a limb. I'm going to say it was Michael Jort. I'm yes, not 100% sure. It was Jort. That, 
Yeah. That guy is a stand-up guy, and it is easy for me to believe that he would say something like that. Michael Jordan has had such a positive experience on the NC State team and, you know, college disc golf as a whole. And, and we can say that about a – uh, about quite a few players, but definitely have to say that about Jort for sure. Oh yeah. 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 Like, so we always really got along with the NC state guys, the Clemson guys and the Virginia tech guys, those guys, you know, we always just kind of clicked, uh, clicked with like, we used to go to tiger town. Oh, and the Liberty guys, the Liberty guys are awesome as well, but they're basically next door neighbors to us. Um, you know, <laughs> so, uh, but dude, those guys, all of them stand up guys. We've never had any trouble out of any of those. I mean, not that we've had a lot of trouble out there, you know, not, not saying that, but you know, just people that you click with that you're like, Hey, let's, we'll hang out and go eat dinner with these people, you know? Um, so that was always awesome. Uh, but you know, just like some of the friends that I've made, it's just been crazy. Um, you know, and then like tiger town, uh, did you ever, did you ever play in any of the Clemson, uh, tournaments? Yeah. I'm, let me think how many times we, I think we won the Clemson tournament one time. Um, I, I definitely played there though. I, I remember central very well. I like that course and I'm, I'm going to get a little confused cause I've been out there to like do social media and stuff like that more than I've played it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I definitely played there. That's a great event. I mean, historically they're one of the most successful events. I'll have to say, I mean, every year they're averaging, you know, 20 plus teams, which is incredible to see. And they're they're having to turn away teams um, some years and do temporary holes and ghost cards and all kinds of stuff. So that's a high demand tournament and and for a good reason too. It's a great event. Yeah. Well, we never had a problem getting in, but you know that's probably what we're <laughs> friends with. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm joking. Well, I, I didn't want to say anything, but every school you named is like right in the south. So I was like, man, we are looking very southeast biased right now. Oh well, well, you see, well, I'm located in East Tennessee. You know, we don't we don't like to travel up north that often. It's cold up there. Okay, we want to stay in the south where it's kind of moderate climate because we're not going down to Georgia too often. It's hot down there. So we're just hey whoa to, whoa we're just whoa, trying to stay we're just trying to stay in our little lane right here okay we got our moderate climate right through here you know North Carolina a little bit of South Carolina Tennessee you know keep our moderate and then you all can have the the humid death heat down there and we'll we'll you know we won't go up to the freezing cold either you know oh didn't I tell you I'm moving the Seco to the summer ah no no it's gonna be so hot it's like you know like August first. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> i'm dying who can survive iron man 2 because yeah. the idgc does an awesome event called the iron man yeah where they play all three courses in one day so we're just going to do the collegiate version of that oh man oh god no don't do that don't do that i would die out there in that heat and i'm not even playing in it i would just be sitting there just roasting you know well, dude, you could just take one of your water jugs that you're putting out and just dump it on your head. You'd be good oh, to go. God. You're the one putting out the water jugs. I'll be the one swimming in the lake because I'm burning up. You'll just see a blob out there in the lake floating around. So, Or that boat, oh. that boat that was like on the shore. Is that boat still there? Oh, yeah. That was uh, the one with the banners and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that was my sailboat. I anchored out and uh, bannered up. And... Yeah, I just remember that boat being yeah. out there. So. Well, what, what I don't I don't know if you knew this little part about it, but after being out in the on the in the cove out on the lake for about seven hours that day, it probably drifted about a hundred feet. And in October, I had about a two hundred foot, hundred yard maybe swim. Yeah, out to go get it. You told me that after the day, and then you also hit a deer on your way home or something too. I think. Oh, dude! Oh my gosh, I did. Oh man, yeah, I I hit a deer leaving the event, and then I couldn't make it home, so I just turned around and went back to the park and slept on the sailboat. I remember. Yeah, and I was like, I was like, dude, if you'd have let me know, you could have stayed with us, you know, because I think that was the year we had the RV. I was like, just you could have just stayed with us, you know. Oh man, that was that was crazy. Yeah, that I totally for yeah, that actually totaled that car. Like it <laughs> did it yeah, really totaled the car, yeah. Wow, wow, that's crazy. Yeah, I just remember the next morning your car's like destroyed and I was like, What happened? You're like, dude, I hit a deer. I'm like, What? <laughs> so yeah, you said oh, you man. slept on the boat. I was like, Wow. Okay. And it was cold that night too. I remember Jordan got up and Jordan's a little wimp anyway. He was sitting there shivering. You know, he's like six foot four, but I call him a little wimp. You know, he's a tall wimp, but he's sitting there just <laughs> shivering and I'm walking around just shorts 
just shorts on, no shirt, no flip flops, just walking around out there. He's like, how are you not cold? <laughs> <laughs> so and I'm like, just fat, just fat, you know? So no, not true. Yeah. But, um, man, Seiko has so many good memories. It's, it's stuff like this that, you know, you don't think about, you know, um, like you hitting that deer and sleeping on the boat and having to swim out to the boat. Uh, man, the Clemson. Oh, for, for some reason, I don't know why I, you know, wasn't too fond of some of these memories. <laughs> You've blocked them out. I don't know out. why You've I chose them. to forget them. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. But, um, and if I'm not mistaken, Clemson burned those discs at Seco too. You don't have to talk to Clemson about burning disc. I'm just telling you. We we really are, you know. I'm I'm gonna have to say, you know, everybody else gets a disc in their player pack, but Clemson, you know, we'll yeah, give yeah. them a gift card or something they're like that. Like, they're little pyros. They'll set everything on fire. They're walking around like like Sid from Toy Story, lighting things on fire. <laughs> well, I have heard the different color discs burn different colors. I'm just no, nah, I've never done it. I had to clarify there, yeah, but I'm just yeah, saying. Yeah. So, but uh, so Tiger Town, you know, uh, going back to Tiger Town. The reason why Tiger Town has so many people is they get some sweet stamped discs. I have two Firebirds that one's purple, or actually, yeah, one's purple, and then one's like an orangey swirly purple, and they're champion, like luster, some kind Firebirds, and they're flat as like a, like as flat as a table. And they've got like just the little Clemson Tiger Paw on it. And it's just the most beautiful disc I've ever seen. And I just don't want to throw them. It's been sitting on my shelf and I'm like, one day I'll throw that disc. <laughs> but then I pick it up and I look at it and I'm like, no, no, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so I just never can bring myself to throw those discs, but they've got the hookup at Innova. Whoever gets them their discs, it's quality. Uh, and if that's you, good job. I, I don't know who it is, but good job. So, I wish I could take credit for that move. That's, that's not necessarily my department, but yeah, Innova will hook you up. So, and that and that means to you know we with that said we welcome other manufacturers and you know if teams want to get sponsored by any other manufacturer they're more than welcome to and we encourage that. Um, but if you do want to get some Innova disc, they can definitely email me um, info at collegediscgolf.com. We'll get them set up. The biggest thing that Clemson has done is they've gotten permission to use their school's logo. And when you go through that process and you get permission to use that powerful image, you know, that powerful brand, that really does a lot for your club. You and that's a lot. And I have to say, that's that's been a lot of the, you know, Clemson's had a lot of success with that because they've done the marketing work. They've done, they put the boots on the ground and gotten approval to use that logo. You see, and that's what I was talking about, like support with ETSU. I'm not even talking about money. They wouldn't even let us use the logo. They... <laughs> We even designed our own logo that looks similar to that logo. And they were like, no. And then we're just like, whatever. Like we, we couldn't use, we couldn't use the buckhead. We couldn't use the E that looks like a Tennessee in the center. Like we couldn't use anything. And we're just like, how do you expect us to fundraise? Like sell t-shirts, but you have to buy through our set distributor. You can't just get your own t-shirts made. Cause I like, we had a t-shirt company that was just going to donate us shirts and then they wouldn't let us use it. Like, yeah, and I, I wish I could say that that's a rarity, but that seems to be a big challenge for a lot of the clubs. Yeah, and and you know there there are creative ways to get around it, and and the biggest thing I would say is talk to your marketing department. You know, there's there's people there who that that's what they do. You know, and I mean they're going to tell you no a lot, but they're also going to tell you yes. When you have that design that meets all their logo standards, all their branding guidelines, they'll approve it. You know, so just keep at it and get that fundraising going because that's, you know, that's huge as you know, Mark, for sure. The fundraising efforts are clutch. That's that oh, really is what it takes. I mean, yeah. I mean, if it wasn't for me and a couple of us uh being, you know, second like not se like moving into our second career in life and we decided to go back to college we wouldn't have had money to travel because we had money already saved up going to school and stuff like that like we we probably wouldn't have been able to travel as much but uh as you were saying with other brands isn't liberty sponsored by clemson or by prodigy yeah i believe so and um steve bowman who's liberty's coach has you know he has gone above and beyond for their team. He's done a really lots of impressive things, you know, from our angle, looking at it. I mean, we're 
Steve Bowman has ran an incredibly solid tournament for years there at Liberty. The he's built, yeah, the flamethrower. He's built such a solid club. I mean, you know, they, they really they are one of the strongest clubs in collegiate disc golf. And to me, a big reason for that success is Steve and his drive and his personality and everything that he's good at. But it's also having that support at the university that's not a student. You know, it 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 it's, it sounds different to administrators when you have a staff member coming and talking to you versus a student. You know, so that's that's really a key to a lot of clubs' success. The larger clubs that we've seen, Ferris State, Liberty. You know, they had that advisor, they had that coach, they had that one who's going to go in there and fight for them. You know, to the administration and stuff like that. Because, I mean, as much as I'd love to say it's all you know rainbows and stuff like that, but there are challenges with running a college disc golf organization. Oh yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. And there are, and 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 I will say it's worth it every time to get to you know to conquer those challenges because the I can say without a doubt the best experiences I had in college were playing collegiate disc golf, you know, and and to all the hurdles that I had to jump through, every single one of those was worth it to get to experience what I did. Yeah, you went through three name changes, man. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, we yeah we had a little bit crazy. Of uh, Yeah, how I got involved with college disc golf was a huge bureaucratic mess at the school. And that's going through that bureaucratic stuff and having to, you know, make connections there and market and go to the newspaper and things like that is the reason that I got involved with college disc golf. So simply, you know, going through those trials and tribulations is why I got to where I was is because of some bureaucratic you know nonsense essentially yeah so and what what drove me crazy is our last year my last year at etsu um it was just basically we're a bunch of grad students at that point you know and um and we didn't have really any young uh players coming up right now they were coming in next year or so and we were just like trying to piece a team together you know we had four people and then the school's like oh you have to have six officers and we're like, we've got four people <laughs> like, <laughs> come on. And they're like, well, you have to have six officers. You have to have a vice president, a president, a treasurer, a social media guy. Um, some other two things like a, a student outreach. And you're just like, what is going on? Like, okay, can we just go play? You know? And so we, we finally guilt tripped uh, two of our buddies that play, but they didn't want to, like make disc golf competitive for them. They signed up as officers for us and that's how we played my senior year. So that that's pretty awesome. Yeah, that's that's great. You're able to get that together. That's that's one of the challenges, you know, getting and even I mean, I hate to promote this type of, you know, like deception almost, but if you just have to get friends to sign the paper, get friends to sign the paper, you know, do what you have to do to get access to that school funding. Because what that allows you to do is travel to more events, do a lot more things. You know, school funding, getting official recognition and getting access to that is so crucial and so challenging. Yeah, yeah. And and some schools are awesome. Like, I'm, I'm just telling yep. you, like, they let you use school vans. Like, Eastern Carolina used to let them use school vans. I know that. Clemson, Liberty, um, NC State, they would let you, like, rent vans from them. My school is kind of a smaller school. And they wouldn't let us use the um, the school vans. And we were just like, so we had to basically get everybody in personal vehicles or rent a van or borrow an RV from somebody and, you know, go to events. Um, so, and then you mentioned Ferris State. Uh, is Ferris State still a pretty good team? Oh, yeah, definitely. They just won the women's championship, the women's team championship. Awesome. Um, so, yeah, their their club's strong. And this this year was very challenging for us and for all the organizations as well because they were very limited on travel. And I know for sure Fair State was one of the schools that was affected. Um, we were just really lucky to have them there at all. And that's how we feel about a lot of the competitors that were there this year. It was a very challenging year for them. And the amount of hoops they had to jump through and all the extra hoopla was was significant. So any team that made the journey this year really wanted to be there. And we we appreciate them doing that. And to all of our teams that weren't able to make the journey, you know, we're going to do everything we can to put on just as good of a show, if not a better show next year. And I'll tell you what, if there's a team out there that's missing a few hundred dollars, four or five hundred dollars to travel, uh, they just need to let me know. And I don't care to help sponsor them to get them there. 
Um, I feel like, you know, I can't help ev- out everybody, but if there's, you know, one team out there that's really struggling to get some money to get there and, it, you know, I, I don't mind to help them or find somebody to help them get out there. I mean, I, I have it as some of my fondest memories from college, you know, like, you know, all the crazy stuff that happened, um, you know, like those one trip we were driving down the road, hit some like black eyes, spun around a few times and we freaked out. And, you know, then after we made it out alive, we were like, Phew, and that we laugh about it all the time. You know, like, remember that time the blah, blah, blah hit the black eyes and we spun around like 10 times in the middle of the highway, you know. So, I mean, you don't ever want that stuff to happen, but there's just memories like that that just keep adding up, you know, or Clemson burning disc and you're just like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, yeah you know it just stuff like that you know it's just it's so memorable um and i just think that everybody should at least experience it one time or or go to an event it's it's just so fun it's so much fun yeah it really is and i i can honestly say that we've done nothing but add to the experience for the players over the past few years and um, we got some solid media coverage this year, so we were able to tell the story of the players a lot better. And I I think that all of that is great, and, and I love that we're able to provide that. You know, again, I just think that we're incredibly lucky to do what we do, and we're so grateful to provide this experience to the players. Yeah, yeah. I saw, I saw, I saw Innova posted a video of, uh, like, Big Germ doing, like, the final nine or something like that. Wasn't that what that was? Yeah, um, uh, Jerem was out there a day or two, I believe, and he did some commentary for us for the women's uh, final nine. So if you go on Innova Disc YouTube channel, the men's team final is up. Nope, the men's in. Oh wait, uh, one of the men's field events <laughs> is up, and then the women's, um, uh, uh, the women's is up as well. The singles finals. So definitely check that out. And, uh, yeah, there's some big germ commentary in there. We also had Callie out there. Um, Callie was vending for us all week. She's a beast. That was the first time I actually met her, and I was so incredibly impressed with everything she does. She's she's awesome. Um, yeah, and then H- Henry Childers is my co-director, um, and he does a great job out there. He is really good friends with germ and is able to connect with him in a very unique way. So sorry, I ha- I'm sorry I had somebody trying to talk to me. Sorry about that. Oh, no, it's no big deal. No big deal, man. Um, so, but yeah, th- like that's awesome. I mean, we didn't get that type of coverage back in the day. You know, I think Ulti uh, Disc Off or whatever, Ulti World, uh, the, uh, they posted like one article about us back in the day, and that was that was about the uh, the extent of it. Um, uh, we thought we made it, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We were like, yeah, you know. You know, and then uh, uh, it mentioned like ETSU, you know, like talking about like top-seeded teams. We're like, yeah, you know. So it was just it was just uh, interesting stuff, um, man. It's crazy how much it's grown. You've got three divisions now for the men's. That's crazy. Like, yeah, it really is crazy, and we're seeing a lot of recognition too. Like uh, Missouri S and T uh, just got a social media post from their main, like the school's social media channel, and that, that's incredible. We used to never get that kind of attention, so to see that disc golf has gotten there is uh pretty impressive and i mean we're we're super happy to be a part of this right now yeah and i've been approached by some teams uh like my senior year at etsu some teams like um like offering like you know tops of scholarships and stuff for us to go play there and you know and that was just that was awesome if if i didn't already if i wasn't already established in this area i would have definitely taken some of those offers to go um to some of these other schools and play so yeah, Milligan. Uh, Milligan offers a sponsorship with Tim Barr. Yes. Um, so he's helping that team and out. He's, and he, he's I, right here in Johnson City as well, uh, right down the street from ETSU. Yeah, and, and Tim's done a great job growing and establishing, or excuse me, I guess really establishing that club. I'm not sure if they were in, you know, if they were around no, before. They never he, had a club. They never had a yeah. club. So if you wanted to, uh, ETSU had a partnership with Milligan that you could do their club sports, but as far mm. as like them having a club there, they did not. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, that's pretty cool. Um, yeah. And I mean, <laughs> I just can't, the, the amount of effort, um, I'm going to talk about another here for a second. I hope that's okay. I'll go for it. Go for it, man. But the amount of support and effort that the team at Innova has put into college disc golf cannot be stated enough. 
Like, you know, there were times there where it wasn't looking too pretty for us. And Innova really stepped up, stepped in and really, you know, helped us get to the platform to where we are now. Fulcrum wouldn't be there if it wasn't for them, you know. Um, luckily, Jonathan Poole, who's the tournament director for the USDGC, is in our meetings, is talking about college disc golf. You know, we're able to pick that, to be able to pick that man's brain and have someone who took the USDGC to that level and be able to access that knowledge for college disc golf has been nothing but a huge benefit to us. You know, and and really because of all those things combined is why we are where we are right now. Oh, yeah. I mean, after the Hippodrome closed, we were homeless, you know, like really like college disc golf was homeless, uh, you know. And I remember the next year, was, which was my senior year, um, like ETSU couldn't make it to the Nationals. We qualified, but Nationals got scheduled right during um, midterms or something like that. And, uh, yeah, I actually remember that. I, I know that was a big challenge. That was a tough thing because you had to, we had a little bit of an email exchange there to where y'all just weren't able to make it, which was a huge bummer for me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and we had four, uh, four team members that was uh, 970 plus rated, you know, and it was just like, man, man, that sucks. You know, like, cause you know, we had a chance, you know, we had a good chance going into that season. Um, and then, you know, we didn't, nationals got rescheduled or whatever i can't remember what happened and it was boom right on midterms and we're all graduate students so we're just like you know we we can't not take our midterms you know and we can't just dip out on them because you know we're grad students so you know you don't have as much flexibility as a grad student as you do as a as a normal um college student you know well, I, yeah, for sure. I'm going to have to take your word on that one. I don't know for sure myself, but I, I definitely hear you. And yeah, to hear you talk about, you know, we had a good shot that year. We had a chance, you know, that's that's the kind of excitement that I love to hear, you know, that you're still thinking about, you know, what your performance could have been. And I know I'm sorry that it's a sour note for y'all. Oh, no, and, it, it happens. Yeah. Hey, it's life. It's life. So, you know, we talk about college disc golf. We talk about the highs. We talk about the lows, you know, you hitting a deer and having to sleep in a, in a sailboat. <laughs> You know, you know, we didn't, oh, we weren't man. able to make it to nationals our last year. So, I mean, and it happens. That's, that's life. And, you know, but I am so happy that the sport has grown. And also, you have a new course that I hear is awesome and I want to play it. Uh, it's at a golf course, right? Uh, yeah, it's a former golf course. So the golf course oh, shut boy. down. And then these, you know, I don't really know what to call them besides visionaries and entrepreneurial type guys. I mean, these guys are awesome. And they purchased the facility, and the first thing they got set up was disc golf. So those guys are all into disc golf, and Kyle and Luke, and they've done that. Those are the owners, and they've went above and beyond to have us there and host us there. And it's incredible to to launch that facility with our event was, you know, that was a once in a lifetime experience. I don't know if we'll ever get to do anything like that again. That was that was really special and. Going through the review, the feedback from the players, I can tell that they value that experience too, which was huge for me. And everybody was really happy with everything, how everything went. And it's funny, we were talking to some of our social media guys and the media team and our, um, and we were like, man, it's hard to get a bad shot out here. You know, every <laughs> hole, every, every green, every fairway, every tee pad is so picturesque and absolutely gorgeous. It was hard for us, you know, to get a bad shot. Like it was, it was, it was beautiful. It is beautiful out there. So it's a running joke. I'm a terrible cameraman, so I could probably get a good, uh, you know, camera shot there. Is that, was that what you're telling me? Uh, <laughs> so I helped out Basinger's disc golf. I don't know if you know them. They're the ones that film, uh, Tennessee States. I helped them with catch cam one time and literally only two catch cams made the whole fit video. And I was kind of <laughs> razzing him about it. And I was like, it's all right. I, you know, I was like, I helped with, or more likely ruined a video for him, you know, but you know, <laughs> it is, it is what it is. Um, I'm a terrible cameraman. Don't ever ask me to video anything. I can take a picture. But I cannot video. So, well, we're two peas in a pot there, dude. Because I can't, I can't do any of the above. <laughs> I'll leave that to the experts. Yeah, now, if you want to make a spreadsheet and do some scoring stuff, I got you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> too artistic. The people are like some of these people are way too artistic. Some of these camera views and stuff that they do is just—it's crazy. It's insane. So, like, yeah, the Joe it, is, people, it is crazy. The Joe Mez people—they're—they're—they're they're, they're doing awesome, you know. Like, uh, and. It, 
you know, all those people like that's, that's, you know, maybe get Joe Mez to come down and do a nationals one year, you know? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like we haven't hit them up, you know, <laughs> but getting them to, you know, want to do it is a whole other thing. Um, and if, if you're a college disc golfer and you, and you want Joe Mez, you know, the, the thing to do is to comment and do all that type of stuff and tag them on social and put some pressure on them. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. yeah Talking about Jomez, I mean, they're incredible. They're, you know, they're definitely some leaders in the industry. But uh, we were lucky enough to have Fulcrum there who manages the coverage for the eight or is like owned by the AUDL now, excuse me, and does all their coverage for the, you know, the Ultimate League, yeah. which is insane that we have, you know, that they were the team that was out there doing our interviews and, you know, doing the post-production coverage and everything like that because <laughs> those guys absolutely killed it. I was so impressed with how hard they worked. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, they, dude, Fulcrum, they, they really did a great job. Fulcrum does an amazing job. I'm just saying as like as far as like the realm of disc golf, everybody's like, you know, Jomez. You know, they, they talk about Jomez as much. But Fulcrum, Fulcrum does a great job. Like they did uh USDGC, didn't they? Yeah, they're the ones who uh did the live coverage for the USDGC, like that drone shot of Garrett Gurthy on hole five, you know, where you can see his roller right along the the lake the whole time. That was them. So that was the same guys, you know, who are doing the USDGC footage. And, yeah, that Luke and Ian and Roman, um, Daniel, like I could go on all day about those guys. They, they were incredible to work with. And I have to say, too, that uh, I definitely noticed a few times those guys were sprinting, running around, getting all over the course with these heavy cameras. And I'm definitely going to have to say they put a pep in a few of our guys' steps after that, you know, after seeing those guys run around like that. Dude, dude, some of those cameras are heavy. Uh, so one, one of my buddies, he actually uh, works in uh, L.A., and he's actually a uh, cameraman. He's the focus guy. Um, so those big cameras that they have for, uh, like, movies and stuff, they have, like, a focus guy. And that's what he does is he sits there and he does, like, the focusing. And he was telling me that some of those cameras that they put on their shoulders for like movies and stuff weigh like a hundred pounds. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I was just like, man, you know, I couldn't imagine lugging that thing around, you know? So. Uh, yeah, I couldn't either. And then when we got torrential downpour, one camera did go down oh, rip. So man, that's not cheap either. Uh, no, 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 no. So, uh, so anyway, who all won um, this year? I know uh, Georgia did pretty good. Did they end up winning? Yeah, Georgia, um, David Shork and David Gunn yep. um, were Georgia's team for, or they had multiple teams, but that was just their top performing team, and they took home the national championship. There was a playoff between them and Missouri S and T. It was pretty awesome to see. And then not only did Davis win the team championship, but he won the individual championship as well. Um, and then for our uh, first flight, I'm gonna have to look on them. Sorry, I don't want to get it. I don't want to get it wrong. Oh, it's fine. I didn't mean to ask you a loaded question like that either. Oh, dude, no problem at all. No problem at all. But I do know NC State won uh, second flight. Um, so that was that was pretty awesome to see. Um, sorry about that. I just want to make sure I get it right because I will get it wrong. I guarantee you that. Taking down the first flight, D2, first year's D2. Oh, yeah, it was disc golfers from Cincinnati. Um, Ian Short took down the individual first flight championship as well. Um, so there was a cut this year for first flight or D2 and champ flight D1. So uh, D1 and D2 were split after the first day. And Cincinnati's A team actually went um, and played in first flight. And they ended up winning first flight over Liberty's C team. Um, and Ian won the individual for first flight as well. Wow. wow. So I played against the uh, the gun kid. Um, uh, I played against him at Tiger Town. And uh, me and Jordan, because uh, Jordan was always my partner, because I can throw far, but I can't putt. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, you know, yeah, yeah, it might have been, uh, it might have been um, his Davis are David Gunn and Joseph Gunn are brothers and they both play on Georgia and you might've played with, uh, Joseph potentially if it was the blonde haired dude. 
I, I uh, remember him being uh, dark haired. I don't know. Oh, it, it probably was David. Then I, I apologize. I yeah, you're you're absolutely right. Then if it was the darker haired guy, then it was uh, David for sure. Yeah, because at that time he was pretty high. He was still pretty highly highly rated, and he just wasn't having a good round. And Jordan Cannon putts from 150 foot out was not making him happy, which it wouldn't have made me happy either. Because you know it was like high wind and stuff and he he was just having a tough time getting his drives down and you know where he wanted them you know cuz wind will do that and uh and it just was not making him happy to see Jordan throw 300 foot and then Cannon 150 foot putts you know <laughs> yeah that would uh I'm not going to lie somebody was big putting me like that it might affect me as well yeah yeah so th- I'm telling you Jordan is a weapon that's the reason why we always partnered him with me cuz like if you just get him within a hundred foot of the basket, like around a hundred foot, he's just, he's going to knock it down and he's just a weapon like that. And it's, it's insane. It was, it's, he's literally the craziest person I've ever played with. And Zach Melton and Chris Dickerson equate him to like Ricky Wysocki. Cause apparently every time Ricky Wysocki gets anywhere within like circle two of the basket and he's hot, they're just like, well, we're, we're done. You know, like he's hitting this putt, you know? And so, um, and that's what Jordan is. He's just, he's a machine when it comes to putting. When he is on it, oh man, it's crazy. So, but anyway, sorry to go on a tangent there again. Oh, dude. No, no. I, I love hearing about it to be compared to Rick. You know, that's pretty solid right there for sure. Yeah. Uh, dude, it's demoralizing. I'm telling you, I played against him in a singles tournament uh, here locally, and it was just like, you know, I'm parked for a hole, and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to get a stroke on him. And then, Change, you know, and you're just like, well, all right, well, next hole, you know. So. We got to make that basket smaller for him, then I guess. No. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he he's one of those people when they talked about making the baskets smaller for pros. He's one of those people that I thought of. I was just like, you're not a pro, but you're such a good putter. We need just a smaller basket, and then we need to make the basket bigger for me. You know, like I need like a seven foot wide basket, and he needs like, you know, like ten inches. Oh, I understand completely. I need, uh, yeah, I need those big baskets and I need about five of them stacked on top of each other, all around each other, you know, just create a big wall of chains. That's what I need. Yeah. 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 So, but, um, anyway, uh, yeah. How many, like, is there any like big pros that played collegiate disc golf that you can think of off the top of your head? I'm not telling you to look at all of them up. I know you mentioned Proctor there. Uh, any other ones? Yeah. Um, one guy who's shredding it on tour right now for his, you know, his rookie seasons, Raven Newsom. I, I can't, you know, I can't talk about successful collegiate disc golfers without talking about him. He's had an incredibly successful collegiate career. And he's also, you know, I, I want to say he's top 20 in points on the tour right now, or some or close to the top 20. He's been performing so well. Um, He's an awesome example. Sam Drummond is another awesome example I can think of. Sam's a graduate from Clemson. He's been on tour as well. He's been shooting it up. Um, what's really cool to see is we have these great athletes, and that's really awesome, and, and I love seeing that. But for the people who aren't necessarily going to be the top touring-level pro, you know, we've seen a lot of success in people getting involved in disc golf in other ways than just performance-based. Um, Baker Helton is one who comes to mind. He started the Southern Collegiate Disc Golf Association in Arkansas, which is like really our first true conference. And he like let like his leadership led to such exponential growth there. And it blew up in Arkansas. And now he works for the DGPT. So, I mean, there's there's been people who have had success on the on the course. But I think one of the biggest things for disc golf is the people who've had success off the course too, you know, and, and we can't talk about that without, you know, Sarah Sinclair is one that comes to mind, um, you know, and yeah, I mean, we we're incredibly grateful to, you know, have had some of the people that we've had in the sport. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, without college disc golf, like I wouldn't feel as connected to like disc golf in general, you know, like, before I would just go play around with my buddies and just go home, you know, whatever, you know, but like collegiate really got me into playing a lot more and stuff like that. And it got me more involved in like, I even started building my own course. Matter of fact, you need to come up here and play it one day. Uh, as soon as I get it done, I'm going to finish it up here in the next month. So, so I'd love to, it's a yeah. gold level wooded course, 
but it's not bombers. It's like 300 foot, 350 foot technical holes with like four par fives or two par fours and then two par fives. So nice. So, well, so I'll come give you the lefty opinion on that. You the know, lefty opinion. Zach's already gave me the lefty opinion and he likes it, but he says <laughs> it's more of a backhand turnover course than a lefty course. And I was just like, Zach, you're never happy. You know, like, <laughs> no. He's, oh, so a right hand backhand turnover course? Yeah, yeah. That's what he's saying. Oh, okay. He's saying it's more of a right hand backhand turnover course. And I was like, well, we'll see. Uh, you know, uh, but there for a while he did on the, I have nine holes built right now um, that yeah. he's played. And he did have the course record out there one uh, for a while. And then he started talking trash to Chris Dickerson. And Chris Dickerson went out there and tore it up. <laughs> <laughs> he played it. He played it like ten times in a row in the same day. Like he just sat there and he just kept playing it over and over again until he could get a score Man. to just talk trash to. Like that's how Chris is. Like Chris Dickerson, he plays Harmon Hills three times a day almost. Like, and I don't know if you've ever played Harmon. Harmon's about eight thousand feet, like long, and. Oh, that's some motivation right there. And anytime I ever question why I didn't make it in the top, you know. Yeah. Like he'll wake up. He wakes up in the morning. Don't have he'll, to look go, too hard. He, he'll go play and then he'll go home, eat lunch, then go play. And then he'll go back home, eat a little bit. And then he'll either go to doubles or go play another round somewhere, normally Harmon, but somewhere. And you're just like, this man's a machine, you know, like he is literally a robot. Like this is what he does all day long. Um, <laughs> So, and there's some other funny stories, but we won't, we won't get into that. We're talking about college disc golf. So, um, but anyway, so that's, uh, that's pretty much the, the thing. I'm going to do the weekend roundup. You doing anything fun disc golf this weekend? Uh, no, not really. I, I moved to Charlotte like, uh, a year ago and, um, my partner lives in Augusta, like I said, and I'm actually moving back to Augusta to be with her. So I'm just hanging out in town, kind of getting things set up for that. And that's about all I've got going on this weekend, really. Okay, cool, cool. Did you play Hornet's Nest uh, while you were down in Charlotte? Oh yeah, I, right after the um, right after the Pro Tour finale was done, I you know I mean I hope DGU's not listening, but I might have snuck out for a round. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. Uh, no, hey, that course is awesome. I love that course. Um, so actually, before they lengthened it uh, for the Pro Tour. Um, uh, people were like relating my course to Hornet's Nest is what they were ah. was was Hornet's Nest. But now Hornet's Nest goes out in that field and they've opened it up a little bit. There's a it's not all woods anymore. So. so but anyway, yeah, so, if it's like hole one, uh, that might be a short round for me. <laughs> <laughs> so hole one at my course is about a 60. 60 foot elevation change on a 350 foot just straight putter shot down a hill and you just pop it down there and there's these three or four big oak trees that line the edges of the hole and it just you just pop it right down through there it's beautiful so and then i've got a pond hole um not to bore you with this but i have a pond hole that's 350 foot long and it's uh, about 220 to the pond then about 60 feet across so what it is is it's a uh, and it's a kind of a tunnel shot. So what it is is it's a separator hole for pros is how I've designed it. Is it either you you can lay up and take your par, like you're guaranteed a par. You know you you lay up before the pond, throw across the pond, and then you just drop in for your bird or your for your par. Or you can crush across the pond, take your chance to get into it, and then get your birdie. So. I don't know. It's uh Chris seems to like it. Zach seems to like it. It's it's going to be an interesting hole. So yeah, that sounds interesting. I'm I'm actually pretty excited to see this. I'm going to take you up on that invite sometime soon for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, actually, uh, I'll send you after we're done. I'll send you a video link of uh, Chris and Zach playing it. Um, anyway, and then um, I'm playing in a charity tournament for a high school that I coach at. Uh, they're having a charity disc golf tournament because my athletic director, my boss. Um, is a big disc golf player, so he's enjoying it. What? Yeah, yeah, that's it's, too cool. Yeah, it's pretty well, awesome. Um, he still doesn't let me sneak out and go play disc golf, though. So, <sighs> got to work on that. Got to work on that. You know. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, the problem is you just haven't invited him yet. You know, oh, that, you that invite... might be the issue. Oh, you figured it out. <laughs> you figured it out. That's that's the issue right there. No, I don't know. Um, it, then we need to call that sub in for that headache I had, you know, at yeah, exactly yeah, yeah. 1 p.m. on oh, Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I need, an, I need a sub 1 p.m. Tuesday. Yeah. Oh, headache. You know. <laughs> This is a week before. I, I'm sorry. I just know it's going to be really bad then. So, no. But <laughs> yeah. anyway, anything you want to say, uh, you know, we'll wrap this thing up for you. No, I just I just want to say thank you, Mark, for considering me and inviting me onto your podcast. And I'm just happy to be here and talking about college disc golf. And I appreciate I, I know you offered to do uh, to help us out. And I'm going to take you up on that. I really appreciate those offers. And I can't wait to work um work with you more in the future so let's make that happen oh yeah for sure man for sure man we always got along um you know and uh i really appreciate you coming on i mean i'm thankful i really am and i'll send you some stickers in the mail i'll get your address after this i'll send you some stickers and stuff like that um and i just appreciate all you do like advancing you know disc golf college disc golf uh i mean those are some of the fondest memories i have from college and i don't know what kind of person I would be without those experiences in my life, you know, like just the different cultures and backgrounds and people that I deal with, uh, dealt with, it really made me grow as a person. And, uh, and I just appreciate all those experiences that I've been able to have through college disc golf. So. Wow. Mark. Yeah. That's, man, that that makes it all worth it. So worth it. So thank you for saying that. Yeah. Anytime, man. So I appreciate that. So I appreciate it. Um, Guys, uh, if you're listening, I have stickers in stock. Let me know if you want some stickers. Just let me know. Send me your address. I'll send you some stickers. And, uh, yeah, have a good weekend. Roots Disc Golf signing off.